Hi, Rina. Welcome to the Start the Week, the Up with Start the Week. Um, and I really am so excited to have you with us because you're going to be talking about a subject that is in everybody's mind. I mean, I just go to the refrigerator and forget what I put in it. So I mean, yeah. it's just up my street and I know many other people's street. And as you know, the magazine is really geared towards um, 35 and over, but most of us, I would say every person has at one time in their lives, this it's called brain fog, especially I know a lot of people got it after um, COVID, yeah. Over COVID, yeah. But I really find myself sometimes just, I, I don't remember what I'm doing and I really am excited to have you. So Rena, could you just tell me a little bit about what you do? Sure, thank you so much, Connie, for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to helping with this. So I'm a geriatric social worker and founder of Memory Matters. I teach online memory improvement courses for those over 50. So I started to put my stuff online. I was teaching this course live here in Israel. I'm from Israel. I was teaching this here in Israel uh, for Hold years. On. You're not from Israel. Where are you from originally? So originally, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, but I uh, live in Israel. Got many that is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, so I was teaching this course live and then about three years ago, right before COVID, I decided to put it online. And then when COVID hit, all the seniors in the whole world went online and I found myself very, very busy, really trying to help a lot of people. And as you said, a lot of people suffered and are still suffering with COVID, long COVID, brain fog, memory issues, um, so I've also been doing like webinars for senior groups all over the world. And one of my webinars, one of my favorite webinars is called, what did I come to the fridge for? Exactly what you just said before. That's it. That's it. What did I yeah. come to the fridge for? So tell me something. Is brain fog, memory, could we say what each, you know, because it's not, somebody thinks they have, they go to the refrigerator and they forget what they wanted. They think, oh gosh, I have dementia. It's not the same. So let's make that okay. very so, clear. So what you're asking, yeah. So you're asking normal versus abnormal. Um, so I'll just give, you're, you're asking me what's normal versus abnormal memory yes. loss, right? That's yes. the question. Okay. Yes. So anyone who signs up to my email list gets automatically this beautiful checklist of normal versus abnormal. But I'm going to give you a couple examples now. Um, so it's normal to pick up your, to, to misplace your keys, right? To, I can't find my keys. That's normal. It is not normal to pick up your keys and say, what are these for? What do these go to? I don't know what to do with these. That's an extreme example. It's normal to once in a while daydream while you're driving and pass your exit. I think we all do that. Like you just drive past your exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you're not paying attention to what you're doing. It's not normal to say, I don't know which exit to take to get home. That's not normal. Um, another example is it's normal to go to the fridge and say, I don't know what I just came for because you got distracted. Your mind totally, either you were thinking a lot of thoughts and it distracted you or something in your environment distracted you, distract you. And that happens to all of us. But it's not normal to, um, you know, to not be able to function because that's happening so much. So if you can't get out the door to your appointment, you're missing appointments because you can't find your keys or your pocketbook or your wallet or your phone. So it's normal like to misplace that sometimes. It's not normal if it's, um, if it's impeding your daily functioning. So the bottom line to answer your question is, ask yourself, if it's is it pervasive? Is it happening a lot? Is it impeding my daily functioning? If it's just like these memory lapses that happen to all of us, they're normal. If it's like, I can't function, I need help from other people, I'm becoming dependent on other people, 
um, then it's more serious. Okay, okay. There are tests that the doctors run for yes. these things. And it's not something, I, I know that it's not something that just happens overnight. So, right. you know, it's a very important thing to make sure people don't get into this thing. I have dementia because once you say that, you're so scared of helping yourself, right? right? So I think that's really important to get out of the way. The that's self- another one of my webinars, a really important point, <laughs> which is, which is self-talk. What you say to yourself when that happens, do you say, oh no, I'm too old, I'm getting dementia, I'm losing it, I'm an idiot. Or do you say, take a deep breath, I'll fi- it'll come to me. I'm gonna pull out some techniques that Rena taught me that'll work to help my memory. So your self-talk is extremely, extremely important. If you say to me, Rena, I'm not good at names, I won't remember your name. What's the chance you'll remember my name? Zero. But if you say, I really wanna remember your name, and, and then I, give you a whole bunch of techniques to do that, you have a much higher chance of remembering my name. So you hit on something very important, Connie. <laughs> no, I just, I really, and I think it's so important to make these things clear because people yeah. are very, very frightened. We get very frightened. Yeah. I mean, my mother, Alava yeah. Shalom, just recently was, she was 91, fine. Wow. She had um, Alzheimer's for 10, yeah. good, a good 10 wow. years. Wow. And when she... It was terrible. And I remember when it started. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it's not your normal forgetting. And right. I think people really have to know that. Okay. Yeah. That's number yeah. one. The next thing is brain fog. Brain fog is a totally different thing because brain fog is, like you say, you get busy, you're doing a lot of stuff. And all of a sudden, I just, what am I doing? Do, I mean, what's your interpretation of something like yeah. that? So, Brain fog could be a lot of different things to different people. Um, It's usually the feeling that you're not focused. Um, I think what you were saying is multitasking. Yeah. So I'll go there for now. Um, Multitasking trips up our brain. I do a whole, a whole like 10 minutes on multitasking. Um, But the bottom line is, is that when you multitask, your brain actually does not focus on any one thing at a time. So it's very that's why it's dangerous. That's why when you drive and try to talk on the phone, it's actually really dangerous. They say that people that talk on the phone are half a second slower to step on the brakes. Half a second is a lot of time when you're talking about, you know, a crash, right? 100%. So multitasking, um, it's a myth. We think we're multitasking. We think we accomplish more, but in the long run, we're tripping up our brains. We're less creative. We feel more stressed because we're trying to do so many things at once. And we really can't do that. Our brain is what's called a sequential processor. So we take in information and we process it one thing after another, very fast, but not at the same second. So therefore we trip ourselves up by trying to do this and this and this and this. And then we say, oh my gosh, I forgot to turn off the soup. And I forgot to put salt in the cake and sugar in the cake because I was talking on the phone. Oh, but I could do, I could talk on the phone and bake a cake. Well, no, you can't. (laughs) Um, I think a woman's brain is very geared to, we could do anything 15 times. And it, like you say, it's so not true. When you find yourself burning your eggs on a Friday, you know why you exactly. burned those eggs on a Friday because you had the challenge going and you had everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. people say to me, but I'm so busy, I can't just do one thing at a time. And I say, look, if you want to feel calmer, you want to feel like you're really focused and really getting one task done, done, and then another task done, and you really could check it off your list, 
And you got to do one thing at a time. Now, we're very used to doing so many things at once, but as we get older, it gets more difficult. So if you're feeling that your memory is compromised or that brain fog feeling or that feeling of being stressed, because, oh my gosh, I'm trying to do this, 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 and this, that's the time to mindfulness, take it down a notch, slow it down and do one thing at a time. You'll feel calmer in the long run. You'll get more things done and you won't feel as stressed and you won't feel that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I can't focus on anything. Right. So that's really important. So what I really wanted you to you know, share with us is I'm not going to say give me a whole technique because I know yeah. that it's hours and hours of technique. Yeah. But I think we, if we start with like one or two things to take in, let's say, like you said, a name. A name is a simple thing. I had I used to teach in um, the seminaries. Yeah. I t- I was a shaitel person, so I taught hair hairdressing. Taught it for many many yeah. years, and the principal in the beginning of the year said the best thing you could do is know everybody's name when you teach them. And I said, it's just never going to happen. And I could never do it. So I need a strategy. I have, this is my biggest pet peeve. I do not remember names. Give me a face. I'll remember a face. The first problem is what you just said, which is I can never do it. Of course you could do it, but you didn't try hard enough. You didn't have a technique they could put into place to try. Yeah. Um, So the first step is stop saying that you can't do it because you can do it. There's, (laughs) There's no such thing as a, good or bad memory it's trained or untrained it's like saying my oh my my bicep muscle so weak well what would you, you would say we not pick up a weight and strengthen it you would say work out your biceps same thing with our brain um so you absolutely could remember those those students um in fact i have a master class called you name it and it is the whole technique to remember names which i'll give you a piece of now but um in that class i've had principals and teachers and therapists do that because it's very important to them to remember names and they felt they couldn't do it. But after, after this three hour masterclass, they were amazed by how much they could remember. Really? It was just, so me. I'll give you one of the, the yeah. first part of this technique, which is very helpful in and of itself, which is when you meet someone for the first time, uh, first of all, you need to care to remember their name. Like if you don't care, it's going in one ear and out the other. So say, I care. What does that do? It means I am making the intention to remember your name. I want to remember your name. It's important to me. So I'm going to make the intention and I'm going to pay attention when you say it. So now you're going to say your name is Connie Schreibhand and I'm going to say, I didn't hear that. Can you say that again so that I can really get it? Because most people say their name very quickly and we don't even hear it the first time. So you got to hear it before you can remember it. So usually you have to ask the person to repeat the name that I find that to be true, especially if we have long names like Yudkowsky and Schreibhand and... Um, so first of all, it's caring enough, making the intention and the attention. Ask them to, to repeat it. And then you repeat it back to them three or four times in the conversation. So it'd be, hi, Khani. It's so nice to meet you. Khani, where do you live? You're going to say London, right? You live in London? Manchester, yeah. <laughs> Manchester. You live in Manchester. Okay, Khani, that, um, but you didn't always live in Manchester because you have a New York accent. When did you move to Manchester? I see. Yeah, you're right. And bye, Connie. It was so nice to meet you. (laughs) So I just said your name four times in that short conversation. And it could be a longer conversation. But what does that do? I'm, uh, first of all, repeating it. 
Second of all, paying attention to it by repeating it. And third of all, I'm using my senses. And this is a very powerful technique. I'm hearing myself say your name four times. I have a much higher chance of remembering it. Why? Because I'm encoding it properly in my memory. Encode means to get it from short-term memory to long-term memory. So this alone will help you with many names. Now there is, then I go on in my masterclass to teach the rest of the technique, which really helps you get it. But this alone, if you just get this, this will help you with a lot of names. So it's stopping and paying attention to the person when they say their name, instead of looking around and thinking what you have to make for supper, it's really giving them your attention because it's important to you to remember their name, saying their name back to them. If it's an interesting name, comment on the name, say, oh my gosh, I never heard that name. What does that mean? Like the name Rena, a lot of people don't know what Rena means. If you don't know Hebrew, you don't know what Rena means. Rena is Hebrew, right? It means joy. So I always say, I always say, imagine me jumping for joy. And I do this like I jump in the air for joy, jumping for joy. Now, now I'm I together with that jump. Yeah, exactly. So now there's a movement, there's an action, there's a vision, a visual image. And I made it meaningful use, meaningful for you. So now you know that Rena means joy. So you want, let's say it's a name you never heard. Ask them what it means. Ask them how they spell it. Or of course, we always play Jewish geography. Are you related to that one and that one and that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then at the end of the conversation, make sure to repeat the name back to them so that you got it. So that alone is very, very helpful. No, that I could imagine because I remember when I heard your name and then the next time I was doing a show and I was trying to remember what was her name, what was her name? And I just couldn't remember it. But you're right. It's very important. I, I'm going to try that, putting it. To and when I, yeah. And when I teach my course, I show everyone a picture of my family dressed up as cows for Yudkowsky. Uh -huh. When I show you that picture, you cannot forget our name, Yudkowsky. <laughs> and then I tell everyone to imagine a Yid on a cow skiing down my nose. See, look at my nose as a ski slope, a Yid. And just have this crazy image of a Yid on a cow skiing down my nose. But that's crazy. Good idea. You're and you're going to remember it. Yeah. So you're putting a whole character into that yeah. name. That's a really, really good idea because it's yeah. such a simple thing, but it is quite, it would change. I could imagine it changing a lot of the way I remember. I will, I will let you know in the next. Yeah. <laughs> but that's very. Now you remember a yid on a cow skiing down my nose. Skiing down your nose. Trying to think what more to describe him. Anyway, <laughs> I, I mean, I could do it for you if you want. When, when you learn the whole technique and you practice, you get very good at it. Like I can do it pretty fast now. It takes a little bit of practice, and in my courses, I really practice the techniques with people so that they walk away knowing it instead of just it being a technique that you can't use. I really make it very, very practical and we practice it out. It's interesting because my name actually, my husband's job is my name. My husband's a sofa. And that's what I was going to say. That's um, what I was yeah, yeah, that's what his name is. It's funny. Anyway, but um, let's say something else. Let's go to something else. What age or what, when do you think you have to start making yourself aware that you have to work on memory and, and refreshing it and all that? So look, at any age, mindfulness and being centered and paying attention better and slowing down is going to help, is going to be helpful. But I would say as soon as you start to worry about your memory, as soon as you start to say, oh my gosh, that's escaping me, or I have brain fog, or something's not working here, then it's time to, you know, turn towards me and either get a memory assessment or just follow my, I have a lot of great practical techniques that really, really help. But it really could be any age. It could be, I, I, when I meet people on the street in their 30s and 40s, and I tell them what I do, they all say to me, I need that. I need Seriously, that. that's what everyone says. I need Everybody that. Everybody needs it. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. I mean, I know that since I'm much younger, I feel a lot of times like I, there's certain things I can't remember, but there's better things that I remember better than other people. So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it goes in circles. So tell me something, yeah. Marina, where do you practice from? In Eritrea? Yeah. So I, I do see people one-on-one -on -one if they live in a location that I can get to, that we can meet each other, yeah. but really I put everything online. So people can follow me online. I have an automated program called Remembership. It's the three-month membership where they get um, a video a week, a short video a week, and a brain exercise because we need to stimulate that those brains. Um, and that's called Remembership. I'm actually launching now my course, my live course, which I teach an hour and a half a week live. And when we go through all the techniques, it's a very robust course. It's everything you want to know. It's how memory works, why it doesn't work, why we forget all the techniques for names, numbers, lists of items, um, how to remember a lot of information, how to remember stuff you're reading that you, it's like, wait, I just read that. Why am I reading it again? You know? Um, so all the techniques and I'm launching that course. Now we're going to start teaching it December 14th, please God. And there's a part one and a part two. Part one is what I just said. Part two is interesting. It's all the lifestyle factors that go into aging more healthfully. So diet, exercise, social stimulation, cognitive stimulation. And I bring on two expert um, interviewers into that part two of the course. So if anyone's interested in hearing more about the course, I'll give you the link where they can contact so me. Give us a link, we'll put it in the, yeah. we'll maybe put yeah. the website or something that you could. Perfect. Yeah, because we, we put these, um, this is our podcast. So we put it onto, um, here we go, onto um, YouTube and, Spotify, yeah, those two. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so we'll, we'll so we can put the links under this. Um, but it's it's rena at renaudkowski.com is my email, and my website is renaudkowski.com. I think that's really so you can good. find me there. Very good. And now I I'd like you to leave us before we you know we mm -hmm. go away. There's a few things I really wanted you to do. Is number one, um, when you are faced with somebody who has Alzheimer's. Yes. You're living with someone in a house and they have Alzheimer's. How would you say, what kind of things would you say would help them go along? Okay, I'm not going to say, you're not going to stop Alzheimer's because that's something that we don't yet have a cure for. Hashem will send it to us one day, but we don't yet have it. Is there any exercises that we could do to stimulate, to make them you know, go for longer, to help them? So yeah, so basically it's use it or lose it. So you want they want to you want to help them stay very active and engaged. So physically active, you know they should be walking unless they're bed bound or in a wheelchair or something. Um, whatever exercise they can do, whether it's walking, whether if the, even if they're in a chair, there's so many exercises they could do. It's very very important to stay physically active because when we um, when we exercise physically, it creates BDNF in our brain, which is brain derived neurotrophic factor, which is what grows our brain cells. So um, physical exercise is very important. And then cognitive exercises. So even if someone has some type of dementia, um, it's use it or lose it. So you wanna stay as active and engaged as possible. So keep stimulating those. I work with people one-on-one -on -one doing brain exercises, play games, whether it's online, whether it's with people, whether it's, also they wanna be with people, like people need people. And um, especially people with dementia, they need to be around people. It's very important to stay socially stimulated because social stimulation is also cognitive stimulation. All right. So, and also to keep doing the things that. 
what, just one, one more thing to keep doing the things they enjoy. So if they like art, they should really be doing art. If they like music, mu- like whatever they enjoy, just to bring quality of life. It's interesting because my mother-in-law, we used, my sister-in-law trained in, she plays a lot of games with children to help them yeah. um, in school. But what she used to do was she used to play like Sudoku and all these things. And my mother yeah. was able to do that. And yet she Amazing. couldn't even remember who we were. It was like an amazing thing. And it really, I think it really prolonged. Yeah. And she wasn't in pain or anything. It was amazing. It was actually, man, we're in the year now still. So it's in my head. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sure. She, yeah. It was really amazing. They kept, they really kept us stimulated as much as they could. And sometimes we used to say to my sister, oh, don't do it. Why are you making her crazy? But it did help her. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So that I think that's really important to um, get through. And um, if anyone you know wants to get in touch with Rena, we will have all the um, the links below. But we will also be having Rena hopefully in the future come on again, and we'll talk yeah. about these things because I think this is such an important conversation. It is for, for all Jewish women. And I'm hoping that we will be writing for us in our magazine in the future. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, I really do. Anyway, thank you so much, Rina. It was so nice. Thank you, Connie. I want to say one more thing that you touched on for caregivers, for all the people there that are doing the caregiving like your family did. So there's a real fear. Like people have a fear of ending up like the person they're caregiving for. It's real. It's really real. And that's also I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help people age more confidently and not just even if you have the genetics for it, there's, I do a whole piece on genetics. There's a lot of research today that says that you really can mitigate the genetics with lifestyle factors. So there's so much empowering research today. I want people to know that people that are caregiving. I mean, my, my yeah. grandfather had it and then my, my husband's and I keep on thinking to myself, you know, this isn't a joke, you know? And when I forget something, I'm right away, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm in the hospital. I'm gonna, you know, you see yourself that way. But it's very good that you say that. There are things that we could do to to bring, yeah. Okay, very, very good. Anyway, thank you so much, Rina. It was lovely to see you. Thank you for having me, Connie. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway, thank you very much for coming on. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Take good care. Good job. Bye.